how you're going to minister to every need. Mm-hmm. God, we thank you. Thank you that you are more than able. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in Jacob. Yes. What you've done in my life. What yes. you're doing in each of our lives. Yes. Lord, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes yes. emotional, mental, or even financial. Mm-hmm. But Lord, you always meet our needs. Yes. And uh, Lord, I know that there's some uh, some people shared some needs and concerns that they have this morning. And I'm just asking you to give them peace about these yes. situations. Yes, Lord. And Lord, that they can rest in you. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious
My name is Simeon. When I was young, the Romans, under General Pompey, entered Jerusalem and began their reign over the people of Yahweh. Years passed. People revolted. Battles were fought. And always with the same result, defeat. It seemed that Adonai, our Lord God, had forsaken us. At times, it was difficult to believe the scriptures. The prophecies of the one to come, the Messiah, our deliverer. And yet, I continued to hope, to believe that Adonai was still with us, that his word was true, all of it. And so I continued to study the scriptures. I sought the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with my whole heart. I adhered to the Torah with, with much effort to be as pure as I could so I could hear the voice of God. As I was studying Daniel, I began to count the time concerning his prophecy of the 70 weeks. If my math was correct, Messiah would be coming very soon. Any time now. Could it be possible that, that I would still be alive when Messiah comes to deliver us from Rome? Hope welled up in my heart. Shalom. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Hannah, daughter of Fanul of the tribe of Asher. How may I serve you today? You want to talk with me? <laughs> How wonderful. What do you want to know, dear ones? Okay, okay. Slow down. Let's try this just one question at a time. Well, I live here at the temple. I stay in the almshouse. It's a nice little room. It has everything that I need, and it allows me to be close and ready for when Adonai calls. Oh, <laughs> I'm 84. I married my dear husband when I was 14. We were married seven years before his death. That is when I came here to serve the Lord, and I've been here ever since. He has been my husband for 63 years now. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous dream. Some tidings be 
praying, the Lord revealed to me clearly that, that I would not die before I saw his Christ. This was, this was hard to believe, but, but I knew it was true. I, I wept tears of joy. I was humbled to think that the God of my fathers would, would speak to me and would give me the privilege of seeing his anointed one. Time passed. I, I, I don't remember how much, but then a strange thing happened. There was talk of a group of shepherds that came into the city and were shouting that an angel had appeared to them while they were out watching their flocks at night. They said that the angel proclaimed to them, Fear not, for I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Then the shepherds said there was a whole multitude of angels praising God and, and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. Then the angels vanished. The shepherds looked at one another and said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing. They said that they, they went and they found the baby exactly as the angel had foretold. So they ran to tell the people of God. Some people said, yeah, that might be true, maybe. Others said, no, those shepherds are crazy, or they've had too much strong drink. But I believed them. I do a little of this and a little of that. With so much of my time spent here, I've learned a lot about Torah, and I use that knowledge to instruct others in the ways of Adonai. 
usually younger women, but most of my time, most of my time is spent in prayer and fasting. This is my service to Adonai. It's how I show my love and devotion, not only to my God, but to my family, my friends, and my nation. Prayer is my starting point for everything that I do. With every breath that I take in or breathe out, I pray like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Prayer is where I can commune with Adonai. It's where I can thank him and ask him and praise him and worship him as only he is due. He is my beginning and my ending. Everything that I am or I have is his to use. My life truly is in his hands. It's not my will I do, but his. The conversations I have with the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes I cry. <laughs> Other times I rant. Sometimes I just sit still and listen as he speaks to me. But my favorite, my favorite are when we sing together. <laughs> What's your next question? Oh, well. The Torah has much to say on many different things, but my favorite? Hmm. My favorite are the passages about the Messiah and the liberation he will bring to Jerusalem. In Genesis, God tells the serpent, I will make enemies of you and the woman, of your offspring and her descendant, and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Isaiah proclaims, therefore, Adonai himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a child, and she will name him Emmanuel. Micah declares, but as for you, O Bethlehem Ephrath, too tiny to be among the clans of Judah, from you will come one for me to be ruler in Israel. His coming forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Psalms says, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever. And Build up your throne to all generations. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> when I start talking about the Messiah, I can go on and on like the old woman I am. <laughs> that old man in the temple waiting in the court waiting for the answer to a promise and all at once he sees them in the morning sunshine a couple come and carry in a baby I've seen your salvation. He's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people, Israel. Mary and the baby come, dinner and five shekels. Christ to redeem a baby boy. The baby softly cooing, nestled in her arms. Simeon takes the boy and starts to sing. Now that I have held him in my arms, my life can now come to an end. Let your servant now depart in peace. 
I've seen your salvation. He's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people, Israel. Now is the time to take him in your arms. Your life will never come to an end. He's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people, From that time forward, every time I prayed, I asked the Lord to lead me to the Messiah, to show me where to go and, and when. Oh, I sought him with my whole heart, waiting to hear from him. And then, oh, and then, that morning I clearly heard him say, Go to the temple, and you shall see the Messiah. As I was, as I was going to the temple, it, it felt like I was in a dream. I wondered, do, do, I, do, I, do I stand over here, or, or, or should I sit over here? I, oh, I was so nervous. And yet, I was filled with joy and peace. Faith was overwhelming my heart and my soul. Where is he, Lord? And then I saw him in the arms of his mother. They were a poor family, as, as evidenced by the two doves that the father was bringing as the, for the customary sacrifice. And yet, the Spirit of God shone down upon that small family as if lighting the way to the Messiah. I, I approached the mother and asked her if I, could, if I could pray for the child. She handed him to me. And these words burst forth. Now, Lord, you are releasing your servant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. handed the baby back to his mother. And then I spoke to her. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. Yes, and a sword shall pierce your own soul also. To the end, that the thoughts from many hearts shall be revealed. But I have one more thing for you. Have you listened closely? I have one more truth, uh, perhaps the greatest truth. <laughs> one day, not long ago, I saw my friend Simeon walk up to a, a young couple with a newborn child and I heard that familiar voice. Go to them. I went without hesitation, wondering what the Lord was about to do. As I approached, I heard Simeon say these words. 
for my eyes have seen your salvation. My heart started beating wildly out of my chest with excitement. This is it. Some time had come. The Messiah was here. Oh, I started shouting praises and thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, do you remember my father's name? His name is Fanul. It means face of God. And my name means Anna. It means gracious. The Lord truly was gracious to me that day as he allowed me to see the face of God. It is a story or a day I will never forget and never stop sharing. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Story of a 
Would you give another round of applause to our <laughs> actors and our worship team? <clears throat> they did an awesome job. Uh, and just to let you know, it was uh, Tom and Anna, uh, Anna, Tom and Laura, who actually wrote the script for that. And so we've got tremendous talent in our church. You did an awesome job. Thank you. And I think Paul was in on that as well. And so uh, uh, he corrected everything they got wrong. So, uh, so anyway, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord. And Sandra, don't try to follow me on the PowerPoint. Okay. Um, we're going to, a little Christmas elf here. Um, yeah. So you noticed uh, Simeon and Anna used the word Messiah quite often. And actually that was in the text, in the scripture, talked about Messiah. We talked about the last few weeks about different names for Jesus, different titles of Jesus. Uh, so do you remember what Emmanuel means? Do you remember what Jesus means? Savior. Well, today we're going to talk about Messiah. And if you read, depending on which translation you have, some people, some, some translators uh, translated that word Christos uh, to Christ, and some of them translated it into Messiah. Uh, it's the same word. Messiah, it's taken from the Hebrew, actually, Masiach, and then the, the, the Greek term Christos we get Christ from. Both of them mean anointed the anointed one. So we're going to talk about that today a little bit. In, in the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, there were certain items uh, throughout Scripture and people who were anointed for God for a special service. Uh, Moses anointed the tabernacle. You remember he built this tabernacle to the Lord and set the Ark of the Covenant in that. And he also had a lot of different furnishings within that tabernacle. And not only did he anoint the tabernacle, but he anointed all of the furnishings within the tabernacle, the candlestick, the, the labor, the, the uh, sin, uh, what, what they did, the incense in, the pots or whatever you call those things. Uh, and, and they also anointed the table. And, and basically, anointing means it's set apart for God's service. And they're only to be used for those type of things. If you remember, there was a, a, a person in Daniel called Belteshazzar who chose to use God's utensils for his own good, uh, threw in a party to the, all the gods that they worshipped. And he said, bring those. Uh, they had actually taken, Babylon had taken the um, utensils, cups, everything else out of the temple and brought them into Babylon. And Belteshazzar said, let's go get those cups and let's use them to worship the Lord. Well, while they were doing that, a hand came and wrote something on the wall, many, many take you Parson. And, and it seems to indicate that uh, he became so frightened that he soiled his pants. Okay. I mean, it was a really intense deal. He says his loins was loosed. I don't know exactly what that means, except I think he soiled his pants. He was so frightened. So when God sets something apart for himself, anoints it, it's for his, it's for his service. It's for his, uh, he has something special for them. We also find in the Old Testament that priests were anointed, set apart for God's service. For the congregation, kings, rulers were anointed, and they were set apart for God's service as well. Did you know that government is supposed to be under God? That's the reason they were set apart. Not all of the kings, not all the governments follow God's standards, but that was the reason they were anointed to do that very thing is to follow God's standards and to serve the people. That's why God anointed them. But this, this individual we know as Jesus, the Old Testament called the Messiah, the anointed one, the anointed one. And he was set apart for special service. You know, I was, uh, we, we were praying 
the other day on Tuesday evening, and we were praying for a children's leader. Keep praying before that, Lord, we need a children's leader, we need a children's leader. And Jeannie said and prayed, Lord, send us someone who is anointed for that. And I'm thinking, that's a good word. I'm going to start praying that because we need an anointed individual to do that. Uh, Wendy has been selected to serve congregation. She's also selected from the church to serve the Lord. So next week, we're going to anoint her. I'm sorry, on January 1st, we're going to anoint her, pray over her, and dedicate her to the Lord for special service. Okay? And that's kind of what was taking place in the Old Testament with different priests, with different uh, kings, rulers. That's what was taking place. But see, when Jesus came along, there was something, he was called the anointed one. It was different, it was the same, but much different than the anointing that was upon other people, much different. As a matter of fact, they mentioned, Simeon mentioned Isaiah and a prophecy of Isaiah, and I want to read a prophecy from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, and it, it goes like this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. See that word anointed? He says, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. It's a little wonder that Israel was anticipating this anointed one. It's a little wonder because they had been in uh, under somebody's rule for generations, for years, hundreds of years. Isaiah prophesied that about seven, over 700 years before Jesus came, okay? over 700 years. And so for centuries, Israel was looking for the Messiah. They had been under the rule of the Assyrians, under the Babylonians, under the Medes and Persians, under the Persians, then under the Greece, and then, and now during Anna and Simeon's time under the rule of Rome. Their only hope was the Messiah. Their only hope was the Messiah. And so they were searching for him. They were looking for him. They were anticipating him. And as Simeon said earlier, it, it, through the book of Daniel, they kind of were able to figure out about the time that Jesus was coming. A marvelous thing. A marvelous thing. Well, then Jesus came. He came in the form of a baby. And you know the story. Born in, a, born in Bethlehem, laying in a manger. And, but Jesus grew up. Scripture says he grew up in, to become in favor with God and man. And then when Jesus was about 30 years old or so, he preached his first message in his hometown uh, in Nazareth. And so he was a rabbi. He was a teacher in the land of Israel, and people would come to hear him from all over, to hear him preach, and he, they said, like, man, he doesn't say anything like the scribes and Pharisees. There's something different about him, and the reason he was different is because he was anointed, right? And he spoke the truths of God, and they, when people heard it, they knew it was from God. And so he went to his hometown in Nazareth, and while he was there, uh, they asked him to preach. And so he got up to preach. And in the Jewish uh, tradition, they have a certain reading that they have every time they gather. And so at this time, they gave Jesus the book of Isaiah. The attendant gave it to him. It was on a scroll. It wasn't like a Bible like we have. It was on a scroll. And so every book had its own scroll. And they gave him the scroll of Isaiah. And he found the place where it said this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. And then he sat down. But all eyes were fixed on him because he had just said, I'm the one who's anointed. And then he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine what the crowds thought? Whoa. Someone, some of them like, whoa, this is awesome. Praise the Lord. Others were like, that boy's got a mental problem. That boy is crazy. And everything in between. Some were questioning, some were wondering. Some accepted immediately. Some embraced that. So look at his anointing. He said, I came to preach the gospel to the poor, not just the well-off. The poor, those who've never heard, I came to preach. I came to preach good news to those individuals. Not only that, I came to heal broken hearts. Man, who can heal a broken heart? I can't heal a broken heart. But Jesus said, I'm anointed to heal broken hearts. And I tell, let me just say this to you. If you have a broken heart, Jesus wants to heal it, but you need to ask him. Lord, you need to just, got, just own up, say, Lord, I've got a broken heart. And I need your healing. Would you heal my broken heart? What do you think Jesus is going to say? No, not you. Everybody else, but not you. No, that's not what he's going to say. He's going to say, yes, I will heal your broken heart. That's what I came to do. Heal broken hearts. Listen, I've been anointed, he says, to set the captives free. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you are bound in Satan and sin? That somehow Satan has a grip on you. Jesus said, I've came to set you free. That's why I've come. That's, that's my anointing. That's what Father sent me to do. I came to set you free. Man, I want some of that, amen? And then he says, not only that, but some of you are oppressed. He says, I came to release those who are oppressed. Did you know there are a lot of people in our community who are oppressed? Depressed? Oppressed? Just pressed down. And they feel like they have no hope. They're not going to make it another day. Did you know Jesus said, I came to release you from that? Man! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! That anointing that Jesus had, did you know that that anointing is still present today? It's still present today through his children. I want to read this passage of scripture to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And I want you to listen. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Do you know what a guarantee is? I was looking on uh, definitions of guarantee. Guarantee is a legal term. And it's more comprehensive and of higher import than either warranty or security. It's a promise, a written contract whereby the one offering the guarantee stands behind his word, his document. I want, if you have your Bible, you might need to underline that passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 21 and 22, because Scripture says God had, this is God's written document to you. It's a guarantee, right? And he's not going to go back on his guarantee. He says, I'm going to 
fulfill what I said. And what he says is, I guarantee you, you ever heard that? Anybody ever speak that? I guarantee you, I came to heal the broken heart. I guarantee you, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you that you have the Holy Spirit in your hearts. I guarantee you that you have been chosen and gifted to carry on my work here on earth because you have the same Holy Spirit Jesus did. That's the guarantee of what God is saying through Paul, through the Holy Spirit in his word. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee. God says, I guarantee that what I've sent Jesus to do is available to you today. I guarantee it. Because it works through us. His, his body of believers. I guarantee it. God guarantees it. He has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news. Let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Jesus said, I came to preach that good news. And the good news is, if you will turn from your sins and receive Jesus as your Savior, you will be a child of God. You can have the Holy Spirit in your own personal life to seal you until the day of redemption. Jesus said, I, sent, I was sent to heal the brokenhearted. I was anointed for that. And I just want to suggest to you today, if you're here with a broken heart, talk to him about it. Let him mend your broken heart. Because here's the deal. I understand this, that you're never going to have good relationships with other people and you're not going to have a good relationship with God until that heart is mended. He came to heal the broken heart. He came to heal your wounds of your heart. You may be wondering, why can't I get along with people? It may be because you're afraid that they're going to hurt you too. You're afraid you're going to get another broken heart. What if God healed you? You think you could get along with people then? I think so. I think so. Jesus said he anointed me to proclaim liberty for the captives. And I would just say and suggest this morning that if you are held captive by sin and Satan, that God wants to deliver you. His deliverance is available. He came to open blind eyes to help you understand spiritual things, to help you when you read your Bible that you understand what it's saying. If you feel depressed or oppressed, Messiah wants to cast all your burdens. wants you to cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So this morning we're going to have an invitation. Perhaps the Lord has been speaking to you through the message I've spoken or through what the drama team has shared with you. I, don't leave here today bound up. Don't leave here today without Christ as your Savior. Don't leave here today without getting healing for your heart. We're going to have time of invitation. The, the, the worship team's going to come up, and I want to pray for you. So as they come up, I'm going to welcome you to... Uh, the front as well, and just uh, begin praying for you as you come. Let this go away.
Jake, since you have the microphone still, <laughs> would you dismiss us in prayer? Oh, Lord, we thank you so much that we're able to gather here today and remember that uh, you became man and, and dwelt among us to show us how to live your word out, Lord. So we thank you for that. We thank you for this season, Lord, when you seem to be working even more mightily right now. So we thank you for that, Lord. Um, we ask you to bless this congregation over the holiday season. Keep us safe, Lord. And uh, we pray that we receive everything that you have for us, Lord. Uh, help us to uh, believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. And we just uh, thank you again for this day and the blessings you bring our way. Thank you for our pastor, Lord, and his beautiful voice that we got to hear today. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Lord. Um, as we go about our day now, just uh, be with us and watch over us, protect us, and uh, and be our guide, Lord. Thank you so much for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Lord bless thee. The Lord bless thee. <laughs> And the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up, the Lord lift up his countenance, his countenance on thee and give thee. Bless you and have an awesome day and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Thank you. That stuff cleared me up so perfectly. I'm like.